Hey everyone, and welcome to The Nostalgia Effect, the podcast where we examine movies from our childhood through the lens of adulthood. As always, I'm Amy, and we have Joe Hello. and Johnny. Hello, everybody. And today, we're going to do a little bit different talking trailers. We're going to do some We're going to let Joe ex- talk. We're talking yeah. We're going to let Joe we're doing talking talking trek talking shrek, talkin shrek? <laughs> if, if it's talking shrek then i'm there like layers <laughs> yes onions onions have layers parfait has layers you know there's not every, not everybody mm. likes onions but everybody likes parfait. <laughs> so joe's going to explain some star trek to johnny and me today just a little bit um just yeah. a little yesterday was just a little bit just a bit just ever so slightly just just uh just the tip of the trek mm-hmm. um joe no joe i I see what you did there um so anyway yesterday was a big day it was first contact day happy late first contact day listener that commemorates the day in the far future 2063 i believe when uh vulcans make first contact with humans and human beings break the warp barrier which uh i would we would hopefully still maybe still be alive for that yeah uh well maybe so so in in star trek history uh, there's been a third world war by that point, and a good chunk of humanity is dead. Well, you know, mm, mm. I can see that. Sounds like it's very on track. <laughs> uh, yeah, it feels it feels right, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Did they say when that world war was? Um, trying to think, it's soonish. <laughs> oh, very fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and Star it Trek, feels it feels soonish. <laughs> and, and Star Trek yeah. has has already predicted so much. But anyway, um, April fifth, two thousand sixty three is first contact day. So April fifth is often a day where new Star Trek stuff comes out, especially lately since there's so many Star Trek series that are on the air. Mm-hmm. Um, and two things are pretty cool. One, they finally released the full trailer for Strange New Worlds, which is uh, a new Star Trek series coming out. Looks really awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's basically the adventures of the Enterprise before Kirk became captain. It stars the very likable, very charming, very charismatic, and very handsome Anson Mount as Christopher Pike. And so the trailers for that just look like a, a whole load of fun uh, a shipload of fun I if you will i think i saw something on when i went to imdb today mm-hmm. i think i saw a thumbnail for it in the banner yeah i'm, I'm and sure the guy looked familiar so he was in season two of star trek discovery which probably is not what you know him from he was on a very very short-lived marvel tv series that was horrendously bad and i think was only on for a couple of episodes before they yanked it um and then i'm sure he's been in other stuff that i don't know but that's what i know him best from is 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 from Mm. star trek he was actually so so well so likable in his one season role on discovery um, that I think that's the reason why this new show exists starring him. Because he was just, everybody's like, this dude's great. Let's give him his own show. Okay, so the picture that they have him in the thumbnail where he looks like a Vulcan, he has like the eyebrows? Oh, no, he's, he's human. Not... He's, uh, he's got, like, he's a uh, okay, human Okay, the guy in the thumbnail, hair. yeah, looks more like Spock. And that is... Ethan Peck. Who, who... Okay, yes, I know him from uh, Greek. Oh yeah, and 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 it's funny that you should say he looks like Spock because he is indeed playing Spock. Okay, he was Spock though in um, Discovery, right? Because yes, I he think was. the one single episode I watched of that, I remember. Yeah, he him. was. Yeah, he was also in season two of Discovery. But the guy that's playing Pike, um, I don't know if you've seen this show, but I know Johnny, you've probably seen it. It's this meme that's on all the social medias of this extremely handsome, very chiseled, square jawed guy has dark hair mm-hmm. and stubble, like a five o'clock shadow kind of thing. He looks like that guy. <laughs> it's funny. It's like this scary, beautiful guy. Yeah, Anson Mount <laughs> is undeniably handsome, as well as charming. Um, so he's great. I think the show's going to be great. But the second piece of news that came out yesterday that was really kind of uh, earth-shattering was... Hold on, sorry, Joe. Yes. Uh, I want to correct myself. I did not know Ethan Peck from Greek. It was from the 10 Things I Hate About You TV series. Oh. Uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. Sorry, um, continue. It's, it's all right. I had to correct that self, <laughs> yeah. correct myself before I got too far along before you got hate mail from the listener <laughs> yeah he basically played um the oh Was no it... wait did he he played patrick verona so yeah so he, he's ledger's character he's he was he's ledger's character and guess who played 
Um, God, I am forgetting everybody's names today. JGL's character? Joseph, yeah, JGL's character um, was played by Nicholas Braun. Oh, interesting. My favorite character from Sky High and yeah. from Succession. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But bookend, bookending his career with your favorite roles. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, so the big news that was released yesterday was uh, Picard, a teaser for Picard Season 3, mm-hmm. uh, which will unite the entire Next Generation cast. Uh, and I guess a apparently be like a the, the the true proper final send-off for all of these characters that i have loved my entire life uh and and they it mm-hmm. looks pretty cool so, so they're all is... going to be there in that one season yeah or just or one episode no, no, so no, it's no. the whole season the whole season, the whole season seems to be a i don't want to say it's a next generation season because mm-hmm. I'm, I, I don't know what the story's going to be we don't know what the story's going to be but they are all going to be in it and so the picard is after next generation yes it's... it takes place okay. about 30 years after after the events of the last film or 20 20 20 something years after the last film which was star trek nemesis okay it's not like a prequel to that no so that and that's where they all kind of come together yeah no this, this is, is going to be after they all they all just kind of come come back so to they're do just like one last old they're just old <laughs> yeah people they're all old people getting, getting back together getting, to get, getting the band back <laughs> together yeah um but i i think but this is uh, apparently they've been sitting on the secret for like 10 months i had a wow. little bit of a I had a we, so Sarah and I had a little bit of an idea that this might be happening because mm-hmm. for my birthday this past birthday uh, Sarah got me a cameo greeting from Jonathan Frakes Commander Riker himself <laughs> mm-hmm. and nice. it's it's a really great video uh, it was uh, like I was kind of like she just sent it to me and I was like what is this <laughs> and then he addresses me and, it's like he's saying my name yeah, wait a minute he's, he's like he's saying my name and he mentions my wife's name what is this and it was pretty cool but when she went to book it everybody was was not available like the entire cast mm-hmm. was not available and so I was like oh it must be for Picard um, so that's pretty awesome. Yeah. But anyway, so that's it. That's the Star Trek news. Uh, very, very excited about all this. Uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of Star Trek out right now, which is nice. Yeah. See, I, I guess I didn't. I I only know that the Picard show was going on because of uh, Patrick Stewart, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, you said there's multiple Star Trek shows going on. What's what are other ones so, that are airing? So right now, the ones that are brand new. There's are they all on? Are they all on like that Paramount, Paramount Plus, Plus yeah. streaming mm-hmm. stuff? Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. So so there's Star Trek Discovery, which is uh, just finished season four. Uh, there mm-hmm. is a cartoon series, Johnny, actually, which I think you would really like. It's called Lower Decks, mm-hmm. and it's, it's. I have. I actually have. I haven't seen an episode, but I've seen that. Yeah. Property. And that title also makes me think of that reality series that's on Rob or whatever. Oh. Where like, a bunch of people that work on. That's that. so funny because I saw. I saw. I was watching. I was watching Peacock because that's the only place you can watch uh, Parks and Rec. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I was watching Peacock. Unless you have the DVDs sh- like I do. Exactly. <laughs> Physical media for the win. Uh, and it's well, here's the thing. You can only watch the first two seasons of Parks and Rec because right. you have to pay to watch the mm-hmm. rest of them. Right. Which is bullshit. Yep. Uh, but they had, you know, it's, it's an Avod platform where so they show ads. Uh-huh. And they showed this trailer for this this TV series that apparently has been going on for a while. It's on Bravo. Yeah. Uh, that, yeah, I've never heard of it, mm-hmm. and since I saw that, it's been coming up everywhere. Yeah, like it's, yeah. Since I saw that commercial, people have mentioned it to me. Not like that are watching it, but it's just like, oh yeah, you know that show called blah 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 blah. <laughs> and I was like, I I just heard about this. How yeah. was it? And it's got like different versions of it. There's the, the it's like it's like the Spin-offs. what is it? Uh, yeah, it's been uh, yeah. it's like a CSI. But yeah, there's like or Australia <laughs> and um, I think there's a couple others. I get commercials for it when Harry Potter's on. It's on like every other weekend or once or twice a month on Sci-Fi or E or USA, and they will play lower or below deck commercials. Yeah, below deck. That's what it's called, right? Because it's an NBC platform. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm, Bravo's an NBC show. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So it's funny because it's funny that you should mention that Johnny because there was a point where Sarah I think was it she texted me one day she's like what what are you doing and I said oh, I'm just watching Lower Decks and then she goes why and I was like <laughs> and I was like why wouldn't I <laughs> no, I of, love this shit neither one of us knew about. the other one was talking about I love 20 something people hooking up and fighting while they're working on a yacht for rich people um, I mean that sounds like sounds like up Joe's alley my, yeah. right that's my dream show but uh, anyway yeah so so Lower Decks Johnny I think you'd actually really like it it's a comedy it's like just it is a very funny yeah I've, I've seen com- 
comedy. I, yeah, I have seen bits of it. Yeah, and it's not kids, right? No, it's, it's like an adult comedy. No, it's, it's like, adult yeah. animated grown-up comedy for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I would say, nearly Family Guy, Simpsons level in terms of the the rapid themes. fire nature of the jokes and oh, yeah. and and mm-hmm. the themes. You know that, that there's the story is still a Star Trek story, but it's it's. The, it's based around a crew that is not Starfleet's best and brightest because mm. um, it's you, you, that's what we're used to, right? We're used to the crew of the Enterprise. I guess if you t- you tell me, <laughs> we are. That's what we're used to. <laughs> okay. This okay. is the ship. This is this is one of the ships that shows up after the Enterprise has done the cool thing. Okay. So it's the cleanup crew. Well, kind of cleanup crew. They're they're usually responsible for second contact <laughs> mm-hmm. after the Enterprise has made first contact. Um, they're they're the follow up email essentially of Starfleet. <laughs> nice. And then there's another TV series. This one is for kids. It was I think originally going to be on Nickelodeon. It's produced in partnership with Nickelodeon called Star Trek Prodigy. Mm-hmm. And that one is. Um, uh, even though it's four kids, it's actually fairly serious. It's largely a very serious show, and it is mm. also done exceptionally well. It's it's very very good about uh, it's basically these um, these uh, orphan kids from a penal colony that they were put in there because it's children are you know easy free labor uh, stumble upon a Starfleet vessel and they. An, an abandoned Starfleet vessel and they take it and escape mm-hmm. and it's a very good show it's actually really really well done kind of reminds me of Space Cases a little bit the Nickelodeon show from the mid 90s if either of you remember that the name sounds really nope. familiar but I don't think I ever watched it it's a it's a wonderful show it was on for two seasons mm-hmm. anyway so there's so there's that there's Star Trek so Picard. Star Trek fans are eating good is what you're saying and they're about to be eating better oh, well that's a different thing um, <laughs> Star Trek fans are, are not quite as toxic as Transformer fans but it seems like most <laughs> Most Star Trek fans are some kind of angry about something. Um, uh, fair enough. Yeah, and yeah, I did see a, a tweet from someone I follow who I guess is a Star Trek fan. I didn't realize that they were, but they quote tweeted, I guess, the new trailer for Picard, and they're like, "Well, you tricked me the first two seasons, and but I'll still watch this third one or something like that." Yeah, I mean, people are basically tuning in expecting old Star Trek, and I saw this. I saw this great. Uh, it wasn't a meme, but it was like a. a essentially a comment about Star Trek and it said uh, new Trek isn't for you it's to get new people so that Star Trek doesn't die when you do and mm-hmm. and I think that's really fair I I mean I have compliments as well as criticisms for for new Star Trek um, but I still as a whole it's Star Trek and I like it yeah. um, this past season of Star Trek Discovery has been a little more exasperating, but there's still some strengths, and I'm and I and I do really like Picard, and uh, like I said, Lower Decks is really good. It's hard to figure out where it works in, because it's so funny and it's animated, so it's hard to figure out where that works into sort of the canon of Star Trek. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Prodigy feels very much like its own thing, but is very good and 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 is is very both Star both Prodigy and Lower Decks are very reverential about Star Trek without being shackled to it i think in a really good way mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. um star trek picard is great i think because if we were to just have star trek the next generation 2.0 i think it would be sad to see that just like re- you know um uh, revival series are really sad because all it does is remind you that your favorite characters and actors have gotten really old and mm-hmm. and they're still doing the same thing and and it, so revival series i think often feel sort of sad and picard is not that it is its own story and it's a continuation of events from from some of of his past but it is it is not trying to be the next generation and i think that's actually really really smart uh so until I, this upcoming season when they get the gang back together. well true but like <laughs> they're not just going to be all in starfleet sitting around on the luxurious bridge of whatever new enterprise uh they're I, not i don't are think you so. sure i don't think so i mean that's we'll not see. that's not how these that's not how these uh how the Picard series has uh, acquitted itself so far. It's been very smart. Well, it's not Stan Patrick Stewart sitting on a beach with an umbrella in his drink. It could be. You know, that man is in ridiculous shape. He could he could pull that off. Because <laughs> he's like, what, 70-something now? Oh, he's in his 80s. He's like 81 really? or 82, something Damn, like that. Damn, gross. Um, man. So, crazy. So anyway, there's a lot he of... He looks the same. Yeah, <laughs> he kind of does. I mean, he's aged, but not, not as much as he should have. Yeah, no. Um, but yeah, I, I'm, and I'm excited for Strange New Worlds. I'm excited for more Picard. I'm excited for more Lower Decks. I think there's still other shows coming, so... 
uh, I, I I am eating well as a Star Trek fan. I don't know. <laughs> nice. I can't speak for anybody else, but it's very exciting. Nice. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm excited for you. Thanks, right? John. Yeah, very excited because there hasn't been a lot of Star Trek stuff, I think, until... There was a really big like gap. Like four or five years ago. There was a really big gap because there was the last of any sort of Star Trek was like 2005. And then mm-hmm. between 2005 and J.J. Abrams' Star Trek, there really wasn't anything. And then there mm-hmm. was J.J. Abrams' Star Trek, and that kind of piqued interest again. But there was just mm-hmm. those movies, and then... Yeah, and then there was still a distance between the last movie and then a new TV series. Right. So so there have been some big gaps now all of a sudden. So it feels like the 90s again, because in the 90s we had Next Generation, Deep Space Nine, Voyager, and then later on Enterprise. So at, at, mm-hmm. at any time... There were two to three series of Star Trek on television. And, yeah, plus and... I think there's talks of uh, Chris Pine has been talking about... Oh, Star um, Trek Four. Yeah. Yeah, Star Trek Four. He hasn't met the director or mm-hmm. he knows who the director is or something, but he's never worked with them and he hasn't read the script or so. It's something like that. Yeah. Where he hasn't read or met somebody, but he's really on board for whatever it is. And, and it seems like everybody is, which is nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I like the J.J. Abrams films. I've only seen the first one. Mm-hmm. I liked it. Yeah, but that's about it. I like the first one. I think I like the second one. I can't remember the third one, but the third one is the only one of the three that I've seen in theaters. Because when it came out, I watched the first two mm. right before I went to go see the third mm-hmm. one. Uh, they're all they're all good. I mean, they 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 um, shall I say they start to shudder a little bit at the higher velocity, um, but <laughs> still mm-hmm. they're 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 fun. They're good. So anyway. I'm excited. Star Trek. Star Trek. I do. I kind of wish, though, that I know we have talked about not doing more Harry Potter stuff, but like I want more Harry Potter stuff, maybe not necessarily with J.K. Rowling attached to it mm. or with the core core cast. Mm-hmm. The April Fool's reel I sent you guys the other day about the fake Ron Weasley spinoff series that HBO is doing. Right. It's not really happening. Thank God it's not happening. (laughs) I would love to see stuff outside that's not Fantastic Beasts with Fantastic Beasts coming out. I guess when this episode gets released this Friday, that's when Fantastic Beasts comes out. And Amy will have already seen it by that point. It's true. Uh, I have tickets to go see it on Thursday. Mm -hmm. Not this Thursday, next Thursday. For Mm -hmm. us next Thursday for this episode, Thursday. I would love to see if Fantastic Beasts had not been written by J.K. Rowling or people had the guts to say scale this shit back. Or just well, make it- I just think the I think the problem with Fantastic Beasts is that they went they should have just done what sort of what they're trying to pivot to now, which is like Dumbledore's past, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Isn't that what these sort of movies? Well, these last two have kind of been about. Well, I mean the, the one. I don't know, yeah, yeah, the one that came out before and then this one. Um, yeah, which... I, to focus it on a character that was an like I just you know a line of text in in the originals that has like no connection to it to the overarching story of Harry Potter and then trying to like wedge it in to some shit I think is where it kind of made the mistake. Well, that's the thing is I think if they were it because. They started or they ended the second one leading into Dumbledore's past. Mm-hmm. And I think if they were sub- were going to do that, because I definitely do not think J.K. Rowling went the route with these movies the same way she did with the books. Because with the books, she had Snape's ending planned out before she had even finished the first or the second Every, one. Everybody's ending, right? Yeah, she had, she had entire backstories for a character you see one time. She had Newt's backstory already written and he was just one character in the book he wrote a single textbook and then now she's building five movies off of that one character where fantastic beasts have nothing to do with it except for the fact that they sometimes use a fantastic beast in the movie Mm -hmm. but now they're leading away from fantastic beasts into something completely different and i kind of would have liked for them to do maybe newt going on adventures, finding these beasts, kind of what he was initially starting to do in the first movie, where he comes to New York to take this one specific animal back to his home in Arizona or kind of something like that. And then meeting other wizards in America and learning about other magical beasts that aren't in the United Kingdom or in Europe or whatever. Yeah. That would have been cool. But no, we went on some weird route that has led us to something that's going to circle all the way back to this character we already know a ton about. Right. See, I'm, I'm with you, Amy. I would have preferred, we already saw a dark wizard rise and a big wizarding war. We've seen mm-hmm. all that and it was done exceptionally well. I was really excited initially for Fantastic Beasts because it was, here's a new character with a new situation and, and, it, and it really feels- In a new country. In a new country. And it, and it feels like it could have been just one movie 
And it's like, here's mm-hmm. this one idea of this guy who has to round up all of these animals that escape and care for them. And it could have been a nice adventure movie that didn't have to have the sinister bad guy undertones. It didn't, it doesn't, mm-hmm. that's not, that's not mm-hmm. the, the conflict that Newt is, as a character, is built for. And mm-hmm. I think Redmayne is actually wonderful as as Newt Scamander. I mean, he's basically yeah, doing... Yeah, he really dove into that role and he's got all these little eccentricities he created about that character. Yeah. Because we don't know anything about that character and he made him come to life. Yeah. And I like that. I, and, and he also, it kind of feels like Eddie Redmayne decided, well, I'm never going to play the Doctor, so I'm going to do it here. And it's wonderful. Yeah. He looks like the Doctor. Yeah, exactly. And uh, and and so I, I just I just feel like he's the wrong character in the wrong set of movies. Yeah, like yeah. they could have done something totally different and then and I think they're really, I've told you guys already this, but I reread all of the books a couple of weeks ago and I've been really super getting into the lore and backstory and kind of just the whole canon of the Wizarding World based on just the books. And I think the whole point now that J.K. Rowling is leading up to is this huge Grindelwald-Dumbledore fight that they mentioned one time on the back of a chocolate frog card and yeah. i think one time in the in the seventh book when they're reading rita skeeter's book about dumbledore jesus that's you know yeah. what amy i think you just wrote the explain a film plot badly for the entire series of movies was the shit that happened on the back of the chocolate frog card <laughs> yeah. yeah i mean because i mean we get in um you walked out before you could see this joe i'm right. pretty sure yeah. in the second we get um nicholas flamel oh yeah we didn't in, see him yeah yeah in the he in the second Fantastic Beast movie. And um, I think there's maybe, we're gonna see Ariana in this Secrets of Dumbledore. That's his sister, his sister. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The one and, that dies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and spoilers, apparently I looked, I was I was perusing IMDb and um, Ezra Miller is supposedly the third Dumbledore brother. Something really, what? really weird and stupid. I would have liked if they sort of went the Star Wars route where they did individual like pieces even though like a lot of people didn't like solo or whatever um but a lot of people like rogue one i like um, i like both I liked, of them i like rogue one uh what was the other one uh well those are the only two yeah it was just solo and just uh rogue two. one although a lot yeah, of people are wanting a side solo stories too. i mean i guess um, boba yeah. fett and mandalorian are also kind of side stories yeah in a way. yeah yeah but those are also well boba fett less so but uh mandalorian you know also really it's a it's a different tone but set in the same world um mm-hmm. i think it would have been cool i would have really liked the stuff in america the american wizarding world i think would have been a really cool thing and we got to see a little bit of it in in the first movie but it wasn't really about that it was about you know the same people from hogwarts yeah. going on you know to here yeah so i think they really just dropped the ball with that one um and i would have liked it i would like it if jk rowling stepped away from this and let other people that kind of grew up with these stories expand the yeah. wizarding world you know i think that would be they, super cool that's what they've done for star wars yeah i mean especially after the first prequel george lucas was like okay i gotta step away well and Rowling is not getting into her head that she needs to step away and let go of her IP. Yeah. But like, you... still maybe have some yes or no say in it, but she can't control it, can't write everything. I, I think I think you, you hit the right point, though, is that Star Wars has done what it's done after George Lucas stepped away. Because I, I remember uh, talking with a friend of mine when the prequels were coming out, and we both, mm-hmm. I think, quite rightly decided that Star Wars was going to have a bright history once George Lucas was dead or retired. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the thing is, though, George Lucas knew, he was like, oh, I have to leave. And J.K. Rowling is not realizing that she needs to leave. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't think he knew that he had to leave. I think they backed up a shit ton of money to to buy the fucking property yeah. and he and, was like and, well, and people didn't yeah. like his his prequel movies yeah people so didn't like his, like his wb is not making her step away well, i don't think they're they giving can. her more money to be a complete ass well they they signed a, a five movie deal with her and i think that was a mistake they probably should have done like yeah. here's one movie if this one it can other sub- subsequent movies contingent on the first one being really mm-hmm. well liked <laughs> i i also feel that because i really do like seeing other the wizarding world and other parts of the world uh but mm-hmm. i do think that she as great a writer as she is as far as harry potter is concerned it feels like america as imagined by an english person there is there's just nothing american 
feeling about certainly the first film. Yeah, but it's also yeah. like the 1920s, which is not. I was around. Something... I know it, it, it was not <laughs> like that. Yeah, yeah. true. No, but it would. I'm saying it just if Warner Brothers buys the property of of the IP of Harry Potter, uh-huh. if they because they don't mm-hmm. own it right now, right? I mean, they just just they make they I have think a deal they with own J.K. Rowling. The movie, they right. own the, the film, film rights. Yeah, the film rights. Yeah, okay. I think they own the film rights, and then Universal owns the theme rights, the or, theme park rights, or, uh, or or they're like leased it out or whatever. I think I think it's leased but, it out from Warner but, Brothers. But but mm-hmm. what I guess what because in the way that Disney owns Star Wars mm-hmm. and. They mm-hmm. could do whatever the fuck they want right, with Star, right. with the Star Wars property. Does not have that. I don't. Yeah, I don't think Warner Brothers has it. Right. It's J.K. Rowling still has right. c- control yeah. over it. Basically, final say. Yes. I think if they were able to take that away, get her away from the project, and then let, like I'm saying, like do a Star Wars thing where they just let different people take, you know, make diff- make shows. You know, give give us a serialized show about, mm-hmm. I don't know, something. Yeah. I mean, there's so yeah. much. Like I was saying, the, the original text has so much in it. Yeah that the world is fully fleshed out like mm-hmm. you can take that's why i was thinking like yes we have seen like the rise of like dark wizard or whatever that's the whole scheme of harry potter mm-hmm. but it would be interesting if it was just like i mean for me personally like dumbledore as a younger man you know do yeah. his adventures and like that's, and his, i want to see like i would love yeah. to see the marauders kind of maybe not necessarily like a de-aged gary oldman or whatever or david foolis but like them at Hogwarts or their adventures because they talked a couple times in the fifth book Sirius would mention he would go and leave his parents house and go to James's parents' house mm-hmm. like to Harry maybe their misadventures outside of the school or the things that they would get up to outside of class going to the Shrieking Shack at night and how they made the Marauders map and how they found the different things. See, I, I would like to, I wouldn't care to look backward as much. I'd be interested to look forward. What happens after Harry Potter and Voldemort? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, I, and That and would, would be interesting take too. And it'd be cool to see like a law and order, but for the wizarding world, mm-hmm. wizarding crimes that are solved, mysteries and yeah. things like yeah. that. I would like to not go back to Hogwarts. Yeah, these, same. If, I, feel like yeah. I feel we Which is what they're doing like now. All those right. Yeah, right, exactly. Because right. you got to tie it in to the mm-hmm. nostalgia shit. So. Uh, but like I said, there's a lot of uh, potential. Or, or do you like, know, a, again. Do you like a West Wing, but at the Ministry for Magic? Like, that would be great. <laughs> but then would you go. Only for past, you, Joe. <laughs> past Harry Potter, yeah. his time in there, because Let's... after he defeats Voldemort, Harry becomes the head of the Aura's department, Hermione becomes. The Minister of Magic. It, uh, Ron takes over at Wizards Weasley's Weezes. Wizard right. Weasley. Weasley's Wizard Weezes. Yeah. <laughs> Tongue twister. <laughs> Ginny becomes the editor of the Daily Prophet. Things like that. Sure. I- I'm just saying that there's a lot of Or would of you other go like even past past that or go to. There are so many other different magical mm-hmm. ministries within mm-hmm. the entire world. Mm-hmm. There's other magical schools. They talked. For five minutes in Fantastic Beasts about Ilvermorny. Mm-hmm. Don't even go there. Don't even talk about the houses, even though leading up to that movie coming out, Pottermore built a extremely rich background for yeah. that school. But even just the name of that place sounds like it belongs in Ireland, not in America. Yeah, And that's yeah. why it feels like, ah, America is envisioned by somebody who's never been here. But the <laughs> thing about that is, if you read the backstory in Pottermore, it was created by someone from Ireland or someone from northern from the united kingdom from scotland uh they came over to america outrageous that's not how our country was founded <laughs> <laughs> anyway speaking of of traveling around the world shall we talk about in magical our, places and magical places shall we uh get into fantastic our beasts and, if you will maybe. yes there is a fantastic beast in this movie yeah well right, what are we talking about amy we're going to talk about the 1977 animated Hobbit movie. Not to be confused with the ones that Peter Jackson did a couple years ago. The three that Peter Jackson did a couple years ago. The three that Peter Jackson did a couple years ago. A couple years ago. I was going to be like, well, just close to a decade now, isn't it? Yeah, I think it's been 10 years. 2012, yeah! Exactly 10 years ago. That doesn't make me feel good. (laughs) I remember taking my sister to go see all of them. She was very excited for them, even though she, my youngest sister, is not a nerd. She doesn't care about any of... She's the cool sister. Eh. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> but yeah she doesn't care she doesn't like harry potter she doesn't care about star wars although she was really really excited to go see the force awakens huh. so i took her to see the force awakens um and then she would watch because when i think it was when the 
the box set came out on DVD for the Peter Jackson films. I would watch them while I was training for a half marathon. So I would walk on the treadmill while watching the movies and she would sit there when the Hobbit movies came out. She was really excited for them because she had just read The Hobbit, I think, in eighth grade. The book is great. I love that book. Yeah, I love the book. I still have. I could go get it. It's right over there. My tattered copy from when I was in eighth grade. That was used by myself and both my sisters in our lit classes. And it's highlighted, dog-eared, it's torn up. But I love that copy so dearly. Mm -hmm. I remember reading it, mm -hmm. but honestly, like... You don't remember don't any remember. of the book? I don't really... No, I mean, no, not really. I mean, I remember some of the stuff, like the stuff with the trolls, smog stuff, um, that that sort of stuff. Are yeah. you remembering but, that, though, from the Peter Jackson movies? Uh, No, because I remember when I saw... Well, I only saw the first two of the Peter Jackson Same. movies. Well, the, thing, I the, the two things I, I think either. that you just named... Well, you know, the drag... Wait, did you say he the trolls? And okay. Yeah, I said smog and the trolls. That's really the yeah. only... The, the, the riddle bit. Uh, or, or No, I just remember that there was a dragon... Oh, with treasure, yeah. right? That's mm -hmm. like their whole point. And then the bits where the trolls got turned into stone and mm -hmm. they were trying to eat them. Mm -hmm. um, and I know those those are in, like I think, the first two movies. Um, yep. But I remember that I read The Hobbit and I finished it and I enjoyed it and I was going to move on to the Lord of the Rings books. And mm -hmm. then I tried reading those books and I just could not. That They were like... They're not nearly on as whole, fun. Yeah, yeah, they were on a whole other level of reading comprehension. This was like in elementary school, so I was like, fuck oh, this shit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I read... I think we read The Hobbit in eighth grade and then I started reading Lord of the Rings because I remember I was taking an after-school art class and I would take my Lord of the Rings, my fellowship book, with me to art class. So I would study the map and draw the map in the art class. Mm -hmm. But I think I remember... I think my, my lit teacher had us watch this in tandem with reading the book but i don't remember for sure because that was 20 years ago and we all know how great my memory is i asked my sisters if they remember watching it and they said they didn't mm -hmm. so who nice. knows if i've seen this or not <laughs> joe you were around in the 1970s though yes uh and you know i have never been a never really been a fantasy fan honestly mm -hmm. I, I find we, we talked about this a little bit with uh with willow where I mm -hmm. feel like most fantasy feels just like a bunch of nonsense thrown together for no reason. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. Tolkien is not that, but most of it is, I find. And um, I, and it's never been something that's really captured my imagination. I have read The Hobbit. I read The Hobbit before the movies came out, but I think I'd read That the... was your first time reading it? Yes, but it was... I... The Hobbit movies or The Lord of the Rings The movies? Hobbit movies. I think okay. it went like this. It went, saw Lord of the Rings, then read The Hobbit, and then read Lord of the Rings, and then The Hobbit movies came out. Mm. Mm. And um, I loved the book. The Hobbit, wonderful, tight adventure story. Yeah, uh, it's so good. The books, Lord of the Rings, are good, but frankly, the movies are better. Mainly because um, the, yes, the character, the humor, the heart, the there's a lot that Peter Jackson and uh, Fran Walsh and is it Philippa Boyens? Philippa Boyens. Yeah, yeah, the the what there's a lot that those three added that really helps those stories. A and lot. they cut out so much fat. Yeah. Because, um, like, I think the the trilogy takes place over, like, 20-something years. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like, f I, I think maybe even more like 50. Yeah, because I think... I can't wow. remember for sure. Because they show... I think they describe the amount of time, like, travel time and all that stuff mm -hmm. that takes place within the books. They, they He describes that in such detail. Yeah. And there's so much stuff that happens and like, all of the different locations. I mean... I haven't read the book since high school, and I tried to reread yeah. Fellowship a while back, but I couldn't get into it. Yeah, because because when you know when uh, in the movie when Gandalf realizes that the ring is the ring, and mm -hmm. then he leaves it with Frodo, and he says, "Keep it secret, keep it safe," and then he darts off to uh, Minas Tirith, mm -hmm. and then eventually comes back and is like, "Yeah, this this shit is the ring. We got to get rid of this thing." In the book. That's like 20 years in between those two things. Gandalf fucks mm -hmm. off for 20 years before coming back and saying, okay, yeah, we got to destroy this motherfucker. Um, so so they shortened it yeah. a little bit. Yeah, because <laughs> I think it over the course of maybe it, it feels like a year or something in the movie. It is a year. Yeah. Because he says, a year to the day mm -hmm. when we first left the mm -hmm. shot. Mm -hmm. And like photos yeah. in his 50s in the books, I think. Yeah, which is like 20 something for half in human years. Yeah. So anyway, I was never interested in fantasy and, and actually I was so disinterested in fantasy that I actually never saw any of the Lord of the Rings films in theaters. <gasps> and mm -hmm. it wasn't until Harry Potter, 
I think it was four that I saw any of the Harry Potters in theaters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was the fourth yeah, one. Yeah, I didn't see any of the Lord of the Rings movies in theaters either because I <gasps> really didn't know any of them because Johnny's I didn't... his pearls. <laughs> I know. Well, oh, like I didn't I know had... any of them either, but I hadn't been introduced to thing. that world mm-hmm. until we Maybe. read until we read The Hobbit in eighth grade, which would have been in 2003, 2004. Right. Which would have been after all of the movies came out. Right, right, right. Yeah, no. I saw all the movies in theaters. Why aren't you? Because I'm a real fan. <laughs> right. But I also, I also didn't go to the movie theater regularly until I was in my 20s. And the only time I went to the movie theater was Harry Potter. Yeah. And those are like PG-13 movies, which maybe you wouldn't have been taken to see by your parents that's so weird no. because my, me and my mom went to go see him like i was like our, no. you know we went to well go my parents my, my dad my dad thought that going to the movies was spending excess money if we went to the movies well it is well yeah, take us that's to the true. dollar cheap dollar movie theater after yeah. the movie well there was also like a lot of you guys yeah, there were five of so i mean that makes sense yeah, yeah. it was me yeah, it was me and my mom was two people i'm, so, I'm surprised yeah. my mom didn't take me to the movies for that because she loved lord of the rings and the hobbit growing up um, mm-hmm. and was very interested in seeing the film uh, I think if she'd just been able to get her shit together a little more, we, I would have seen them in theaters. Or maybe I was so against it that she just decided not to bother. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. What you're I'm... like, nah, she's, he's a hard sci-fi guy. Yeah, he's you're not like, gonna like there's no it. ghosts in this or no spaceships. Yeah, this, it's like this, this fucking nerd that I raised is the wrong kind of nerd. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I... I don't know. I'm kind of interested to see this animated movie just because I love The Hobbit. I love I'm The not, Hobbit so much. I'm not <laughs> interested in seeing this movie because the one thing I know about them is that they're not very good, right? Rankin and Bass. Yeah, well, just the I, animated Rankin... Lord of the Rings stuff. Mm. I don't know. Maybe maybe it's just because... I've, like... I've never heard anything okay. bad well, about them. But, I mean, it can't be worse than the Peter Jackson trilogy. That's pretty bad. It's pretty. I mean, uh, the fact that yeah, Johnny and I did not yeah. even bother to see the third one. Yeah, it's pretty yeah. bad. Right. Well, you guys, you ready to uh, to watch? See if see if any of it is good. Yeah, let's find out. Before we watch the movie, a quick word from our sponsors. And now our feature presentation. And we're back. Okay. So, so Johnny, what did you think? You don't look happy. I'm not happy. (laughs) One, one, I'm just generally not happy. (laughs) But two, the I love animation. Like I really Mm -hmm. do love animation. Um, um, so usually when it's like an animated title, like I'm always interested. At least you know, you know, it's pretty pictures, and you know, I'm always interested to see how animation kind of you know where it comes from, how how it evolved and stuff. Um, this movie is ugly as shit. Mm. This movie is fucking. That doesn't mean shit to me, honestly. (laughs) Well, I guess you're not a Christmas Christmas. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) They did all those, you know. uh, But that's stop motion animation, which they did a really good job. Yeah. On those, this is traditional animation, and it looks like fucking garbage. Especially when you consider like what Disney was doing at the same time. Yes, uh, because I was thinking that while I was watching this, I was like, okay, this is like mid seventies. Or late seventies, like mid late seventies. Like Snow White um, had come out already. Yes, uh, like it came out in the thirties. As had Pinocchio. Yeah. yeah, which is beautiful. Those have levels of animation that's like insane for that time period. This looks like it was made by a third grader. That's the level yeah. of like animation that we're dealing with. That's the level of artisticness in the in the drawings. Is like, this a TV movie? So so. I- Because basically, think about it like this. 1977, which is what we're talking about, the Rescuers had come out. Disney had done The Rescuers. The Rescuers? Wow. And that movie is wonderful, and it's beautiful, and it's so well done. That level of animation. Every frame in that movie is a painting. Exactly. And, and, And to put that further into context, they had already done The Many Adventures of Winnie the Pooh and Robin Hood and The Aristocats and Jungle Book. And Sword in the Stone and 101 Dalmatians. Wow. Wow. As well as Sleeping Beauty, Lady and the Tramp, Peter Pan, Alice in Wonderland, Cinderella. Uh, I'm, I mean, literally yeah, their entire the classics. Class. Well, line. Yeah, well, and, yeah, and, besides, uh, to, yeah. And that's like spanning 20 years past. Like, yeah. They, that's, yeah. I'm going backwards. God, this is awful. Jesus Christ. <laughs> this just looks. Go- this looks like garbage. It's it's They're, hard to watch. Literally. Yeah. yeah. It is hard to watch. There's one so much about this while I was watching it. I feel like I can't remember for sure because it's been so long since I've read the book. But I feel like either 
Peter Jackson copied this when he was doing his rushed Hobbit movies, or it is copied verbatim from the book. Wait, what? Hobbit? Yeah. The Hobbit. The Hobbit. Oh, you know the Hobbit's we're... tale? Wait a minute. Here we're Joe, back again. Are we? We're n- Joe, did you watch the actual Peter Jackson Hobbit movies? No. Did you watch those even though you know you don't like them? No, worse than that. It's much worse than that. I watched I I um <clears throat> I watched Lord of the Rings. <laughs> I watched the animated Lord of the Rings. There's an That's animated not even Lord the, the same Rings. director. <laughs> I, well, I don't you know, wait a minute. Yeah, this is on me because I think you said three times in our text messages that we're doing the animated Hobbit. I this is what I get for being very very busy this week. Uh, oh well. Well, okay. Here's the thing, though. Here's the thing. Uh, everything that Johnny said still true. The movie I watched was ugly as sin. Aragorn. So you did you watch the Lord of the Rings or did you watch the Return of the King? I watched Lord of the Rings. Okay, because that's a Bakshi film. And it's more like Board of the Rings, if I'm honest. <laughs> bad like aragorn ugly craggy face doesn't wear pants boromir (laughs) is like a viking and he doesn't wear pants and he's got like a horned helmet and and then they've animated over did okay so in your hobbit did they animate over real people because no no. in mine they did so there's like these these don't look like real people at all (laughs) there's like ugly ass characters and then there are real human people that they have animated over and they are in the same so like when you see the videos of them getting inspiration for snow white and stuff and they have an actual actress posing and doing things Mm -hmm. but then they actually like took that and drew the cells over top of that film mm-hmm. that's what they did they they i mean they didn't even i don't even think they went that far they basically shot something shot some things practically with people and then more like painted over them so you can still, yeah rotoscope like, right in yeah. a way but i mean you can like still an, see like an antiquated rotoscope it kind of looks a little bit do you have you guys ever seen the movie tron the original tron yes it looks yeah. like that Ooh, yeah. ooh, eek. but they're sharing yeah. the same scenes with animated characters that are ugly as hell and Ugh. and and it's it's so bad and for whatever reason frodo's like half again as tall as everybody else and that feels weird and uh Gimli and Legolas are the same height and just a little bit shorter than Aragorn and they I mean and it's it's so bad I fell asleep several times I'm gonna because it doesn't matter you guys didn't watch this movie so I, I don't have but I mean I fell asleep like we watched the right times. movie Joe <laughs> <laughs> but we watched the wrong movie <laughs> we I still mean, yeah. watched the wrong movie yeah because I don't think anybody I agree like it's no, we all lost yeah, I think... I, I will say... Everything is so ugly. So, Amy, you said that Peter Jackson, you thought, looked at these films when he was... How, how did you mean How did you mean that? Do you mean, like, in, are there specific I mean, scenes or, um, like, compositions of scenes that are similar? No, like, I think it's a lot of the the dialogue is verbatim. Mm-hmm. Well, that's from the books. Yeah, that's what I realized after I kind of... I was like, wow, this feels a lot like what I remember from the first hobbit movie especially the scene with the trolls uh, that whole scene i feel like is pretty much exactly the same in both this movie the animated version and in peter jackson's version what the troll scene the troll scene no because here's so here's here's another this problem that i have with this fucking scene. movie I mean, <laughs> it's the trolls. only one that i it's only the one it's the one that i remember from the book <laughs> but in this movie there's no dramatic tension in this movie mm-hmm. like they encounter a problem and then Gandalf solves it. Mm. Like he just shows up and he, and he yeah, boom. <laughs> the troll scene in Peter Jackson's The Hobbit, there's at least some element of suspense yeah. to it. There's like mm-hmm. a little bit of danger that he's crawling around. It, you know, it kind of, this literally lasts, I remember this being like a good portion of, not a good portion, but it was a memorable, por- memorable portion of the book. And this literally lasts like three minutes, huh. maybe. Huh. Yeah. Or two minutes. And it's very, I feel like it's a lot er- more early on than it is i think supposed to be i don't really know uh, about that but there's no literally they go oh you go steal food from the trolls or whatever and then he gets caught and then they're like oh there's more of them let's grab them and they grab them and mm-hmm. then gandalf shows up and then yeah. they turn into stone and then that's it and they're like, all right well back on our way on our journey and then this stupid ass song keeps playing i fucking hate this song <laughs> <laughs> 
garbage songs in this shit. Well, I will say that all of the fun facts are pretty much about where the different songs in the movie are taken from actual songs within the book, except for the song that keeps playing throughout the movie. Yeah, the main the theme. Only, yeah, yeah, the main a, theme, oh, the main yeah. song is the only original piece for this, and the rest of the songs are pulled from different areas of the book. Okay. Yeah, well, yeah, because the, the first song where they meet the, where they meet... At Bilbo's house. At Bilbo's house. That one seemed familiar from the movie. The, that, yeah, that's from the movie. The break the dishes, whatever. Yeah. That's yeah. what Bilbo Baggins hates. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That really stupid scene from the movie, mm -hmm. the Peter Jackson movie. This is cartoonish. That bit's just, that, that... Yeah, it's so, so, so weird. The only scene I like from both the Peter Jackson movies and this one is the riddle scene. It's my favorite scene in the entire book. It's my favorite chapter. The Bilbo Gollum interaction. The riddles in the dark. Yes, I think because it's so it's so much fun, mm -hmm. especially in the book. And I think it's the only time it's good in the Peter Jackson movie is because you get that play of Martin Freeman and Andy Serkis together. Mm. That's the only reason I like it there. In this, it's not as fun, but I think it's kind of it was nostalgic for me because I enjoyed that moment in the book so much to have that riddle scene yeah but it, it was kind of tainted a little bit just because Gollum looked so creepy and weird mm. he looks like a frog it's so gross huh. so my movie i don't know if your guys's movie had this my movie had in terms of pacing going back a little bit to the trolls mm -hmm. thing amy you said it sort of felt like it happened too early um, my movie felt like it would labor over some things and then other points movie would just be like fuck it and skip way forward and it just mm -hmm. it would just happen. Now all of a sudden we're here. What? Did it push yeah. all three books into one? It, or was it like Fellowship and Two Towers since there is a Return of the King? It was Fellowship pretty much all the way through to the battle at Helm's Deep. Okay. Mm. So it was like one and a half yeah, of the, the trilogy. Yeah. But I will say that I do think Peter Jackson watched this. Maybe he liked it. Maybe he didn't. I don't know. But he, mm -hmm. he definitely took from it. There's a whole section on Wikipedia of this movie labeled influence on peter jackson's lord of the rings yeah because there's, like, for, for, <laughs> there's like for lord of the rings yeah because there's there's the scene no, lord of the rings movie there's a scene where like the nazgul shows up and they're all hiding beneath the tree you know and it's mm -hmm. it, like mm -hmm. it's above them looking around that shot is pretty much exactly in this animated version oh that's a cool shot it's in the movie. a, really, it's like a really cool shot in the movie mm -hmm. um and i remember that from like the market the, the, yeah, the trailers yeah and it was mm -hmm. like spooky uh-huh uh-huh and then um, also the scene where the Nazgul come and uh, stab at the beds yeah. uh, mm. where the hobbits mm -hmm, are not. Mm -hmm. uh, that bit is largely, not not the spooky buildup, but the, the attack scene is, is done that way. Mm -hmm. um, there's some other things that feel like that, but the, but the really striking stuff, uh, those two bits really mm -hmm. leapt out at me is, is, is Peter Jackson lifting it straight out of this incredibly ugly, bad, stupid version of Lord of the Rings. <laughs> oh man so i'm looking at the influence of peter jackson's lord of the ring and I'm, i kind of just skipped but I, this one paragraph fucking hilarious uh bakshi who is the director of your movie uh mm -hmm. the lord of the rings had never watched the films talking about pa peter jackson's lord of the rings but saw trailers and while he praised the special effects he said jackson quote didn't understand tolkien end quote and created special effects garbage to sell toys saying his films his film had more heart and that had he a similar budget would have made a better film that's what the motherfucker said about the movie you just watched <laughs> okay he's cheese trashing probably the one of the biggest lord of the rings fans in the world for making a nearly perfect trilogy yeah i don't know this guy well this guy uh, well, I, I don't know some people i mean the, uh, yeah i mean the thing is, is like, wild wild <laughs> yeah i mean the thing is is like jackson's lord of the rings is i mean i, I may have my own com my own minor complaints with it but it's a near perfect adaptation and everything that was added was wonderful it was everything mm -hmm. that was added was a was a good choice like the rivalry between legolas and gimli and the and the friction between them and aragorn's um shall we say his his refusal to take his place uh his rightful place as king and and um just a everything about the characters all the character work in his movie mm -hmm. uh in his movies is is wonderful and not there in tolkien's original book his his books are quite dry um, yeah you know they just they they, they i don't want to say they read like textbooks but they're more they like do textbooks. Yeah. yeah i'll say that 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because there's so much history. There, I think there's footnotes in a lot of places. Oh, there's whole there's appendices. Yeah, because I think in the one that I have, before you can even get to the prologue, there's a solid thirty pages of introduction that I think is pulled from the Cimmerillion. Uh huh. I feel like the the Lord of the Rings books are very much textbooky as you can get for a a fantasy book. Right. There is one thing though that the animated Hobbit proves is that you could make this movie in, in one. one movie. <laughs> yeah. I mean a solid movie. Although I did feel like I don't know, just too much I kind of understood why after seeing this movie, I did understand why they kind of broke it up. Probably should have been say three maybe movies. Two. Yeah, maybe two, two. Not three. In an alternate universe somewhere, you and you and uh, the three of us are happily discussing Guillermo del Toro's two Hobbit movies that they yeah. had originally planned before yeah. he left and Jackson made three. I was so excited for del Toro's two Hobbit Same. movies. So excited to see what he was going to do playing in this world. And I think Jackson, he took it over because... He begrudgingly he took begrudgingly it over. He begrudgingly took it over. Mm -hmm. I think his heart really wasn't in it. And I can't blame him. He'd already done yeah. a lot of Lord of the Rings. And I think he kind of... had. How could he not be done? Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. You know? And it's like you... you you went three for three. You made it good. You, you you made this film that stands the test of time. I watched the extended edition maybe a month or two ago, and it's it, that movie's over twenty years old. Fucking looks amazing. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Um, so I will say I I know I had said I pretty sure I had seen this. I don't think I have. I don't think we we did watch this when I was in the eighth grade because none of this looked familiar except for the spider scene where. Bilbo christens his sword as Sting. Oh, I hated that. Yes, I remember I the spiders, but that also might just be the way the spiders look. I think I remember seeing them a GIF or a meme or something. Mm, because I just, the way that they looked, looked very familiar and vivid. But that's the only thing I really remembered. All, all I remember from either of the films, either the one that I watched and <laughs> the one that I didn't, <laughs> was is the VHS cover art. That's what yeah, I remember. You know, when you said Lord of the Rings animated one, I was confused because I thought there was only one animated property of Lord of the Rings, yeah. uh, and it was The Hobbit. But when I saw, when I looked it up and I saw the cover, I was like, "Oh yeah, I have seen this cover before." It's, it's like one with it's Gandalf, Gandalf and the with really, like this huge sword. Yeah, yeah it's it's super big cool. It's sword. a cool piece of art. It is mm -hmm. a really cool piece of art. I don't think it's got anything to do with Lord of the Rings, but. Yeah. It is still a really <laughs> yeah. cool piece of art. It could be any, literally any fantasy, fantasy. Yeah. thing. Yeah. Because why is there a big ass sword? I don't understand. That's glam drink. Mean, Gandalf has a, he's got a sword, but, you know, it's, it's, it's called the Lord of the Rings, not the Lord of the Swords, right? <laughs> the Return of the King art looks very much like it goes back to The Hobbit because it's, it's another Rankin and Bass film, but the Garbage key art looks very, produced. uh, very kitty, very, like this Hobbit that we just watched. Terrible. Frodo Baggins is voiced by Orson Bean. I wonder if he is related to Sean Bean. He's related to Mr. Bean, actually. Ugh, I don't know. This is this this. I'm looking at the the cover for the animated Hobbit, which I I do recall now that I. Oh it's God! A nightmare. The cover for the Return of the King looks terrible. God awful! Yeah, no, this whole thing. God damn it, Amy! You did it again! You did it hey, again! Hey, I thought this would be a fun one. I mean, it you is kind of fun the fact that Joe watched the completely wrong movie. You know what? And I feel exactly the same way Johnny did. Somehow we watched the wrong movie. We, we did but not, the same one. We have the same feelings. <laughs> and it all it all still lines it. up. This well, is... hey, hey, I will not pick the next movie. You guys pick the next movie because the movie after that is mine. It's my birthday. <laughs> but you guys get What are you going to make movie. us watch on your birthday? October Sky, well, uh, Jake Gyllenhaal, yeah, well. which is if I haven't seen it in a while, but that's a good film. I it mean, is, I I remember that people liked it. I don't think I've ever seen I it. it. I, love I don't it. think I've ever seen it. But okay, well, you guys ready for some fun facts about The Hobbit? Yeah, sure. Go ahead. Yeah, <laughs> do your worst, uh, Amy. Um, so I already I already mentioned that a majority of the fun facts were about the different songs. So there's not a lot. There's also no recastings. But there are no female characters depicted anywhere in the film except for the spiders, which are female or voiced by females. Even the crowd scenes in Lake Town consisted entirely of men. I did notice that there were no women in this movie. That mm. was like, it's that's very really sad. weird. Not even, not even in Galadriel. But wait, Galadriel, what, she was in The Hobbit. Well, she is in the movies. Mm, yeah. yeah. I don't know. 
I don't know about the book. They do go to uh, to uh, Rivendell for like a scene. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and Elrond has this really weird star crown. I kind of I did like his design, his character design. That's the only that's the only character design that I liked in the whole movie. Uh, was Elrond's little weird growing cloud? It's like yeah. floating outside of his head. Yeah, but it's also connected to a chain or a brooch or something he's yeah. got on his chest. Oh, he looked cool. I was like, okay, that, that looks that looks pretty cool. I did like his character design. I think that's um, the only good thing I could say about the movie. <laughs> And he's only in it for like literally 20 seconds. <laughs> uh, many characters in The Hobbit are related to characters in The Lord of the Rings. Bilbo is, of course, Frodo's uncle. He is also a Took on his mother's side, making him a cousin to Peregrine Took. Elrond is actually a great uncle to Aragorn. Several generations. What? What? Elrond is a great uncle to Aragorn. And then Aragorn marries Elrond's daughter. So they're cousins. Yeah, sounds about right. Sounds about Middle Earthy. <laughs> Marrying your cousins. Gloin, one of the dwarves, is the father of Gimli, while the elven king named Thandril is the father of Legolas. Surprisingly, mm-hmm. Gimli and Legolas do not appear in the Raken and Bass subsequent film, The Return of the King, which is not the one that Joe watched. Right. Which is another <laughs> one that looks like garbage. Just I'm just looking at the cover art, and it looks like... like I promise we will not watch out. the rest of them. We will never watch the rest of I will probably watch them on my own time when I'm completely bored out of my mind, which is the only reason I wanted to watch this movie. But we will never watch them here. Um, And then my last one is John Huston also appears in Sherlock Holmes in New York as Professor Moriarty. This made him the first of three actors portraying Gandalf who also played a character in films about Sherlock Holmes. Ian McKellen played Sherlock Holmes in Mr. Holmes in 2015 and Michael Harden played Dr. Watson in Young Sherlock Holmes in 1985. The mm. roles of Holmes and Watson have also been played by Benedict Cumberbatch and Martin Freeman, who played Smaug and Bilbo in The Hobbit. Yep, it's. I feel like the 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 link to Sherlock Holmes is um, a pretty common one to happen in, in mm-hmm. especially for English actors, because there's yeah. been so like so it's it's like it's just a role that most every Brit gets to play. It's at like some it's, point. you're either the Doctor, Sherlock Holmes, or Merlin, or like King yeah. <laughs> Or um, your garbage. <laughs> well, um, I ha- I have I have some fun facts for the fucking yes, movie that Joe, I watched. Yes, Joe. Since I didn't look fu- look up fun facts for your movie, give us some fun facts. <laughs> uh, okay, so Tim Burton worked as an animator on this movie. Uh, he was not credited, but worked as an in between artist. So that's like in between, essentially in between the frames, frames of, of yeah. art. Mm-hmm. Um, and it says it was his first job on a movie. It says here that it was filmed with live actors in black and white and rotoscoped, each animation cell drawn over a film frame of an actor, which was, uh, this movie was the first entirely rotoscoped animated feature. Hmm. Mm. Um, and then Ralph Bakshi, uh, had originally planned to use music by Led Zeppelin in the movie, but was unable to, unable to get the rights. Uh, Zeppelin band members were known to be fans of the books with several of their songs, Misty Mountain Hop, Over the Hills and Far Away, Battle of Evermore, and Ramble On, referencing imagery and characters from Tolkien's books and it mm-hmm. is uh Led Zeppelin is famously difficult to license for film and television so it was like yeah uh, a huge chunk of Thor Ragnarok's budget went to Immigrant Song like a massive chunk I don't I, yeah. I cannot remember how many <laughs> millions of dollars but they got their use out of it for sure uh let's see I, I read somewhere that um originally they wanted to do all three books in one hour and 40 minute movie and Tolkien wow. was horrified because uh, he was mm. alive at the time. Um, and then uh, the last thing that I will say is um, Anthony Daniels, C-3PO himself, mm-hmm. was the voice of Legolas in the movie. And and it says here in this um, trivia that Anthony Daniels' only voice acting role outside of the Star Wars universe. Really? Oh. Yeah. Interesting. Huh. So uh, Interesting. there you have it. Wow. Well, none of these hold up. I'm not even going to ask. Because, no. Man, no way. This was a waste of everyone's time. I apologize to the listener. <laughs> Maybe a young kid would like that? No, a kid would see this and be like, what is this garbage? These, it just looks bad. It looks so Aragorn bad. Aragorn wears no pants. Like, look it up. <laughs> look up a picture of Aragorn so That's the, the name of, movie. That's the name of the episode. Aragorn, <laughs> Aragorn wears no pants. <laughs> Oh God! This was this was just awful. This was just um, so bad. It was a pain on the eyes and on the soul and on the mind. It was, uh, <laughs> it was just bad all around. Well, listener, don't do it, listener. Don't 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 pay the three ninety nine or this is yeah. This is the one the time I'm gonna be like, don't watch the movie, but let us know if you have watched it. 
Tell us what you think. Are we wrong? Uh, I'm but... sending you guys a picture of no pants Aragorn. This is a this is a frame oh God. from the goddamn I just movie. see I just see legs and a boot because I have the FaceTime over the, the, the text message. <laughs> and it, it oh wow okay. And there's and I swear to God I swear to God there's a bit where they're running after the the orcs because they didn't even introduce the Urukai. They're running after the orcs that have Merry and Pippin. And I shit you not, Aragorn falls. They're running and he falls to the ground and then gets back up and continues running. Why I think the is actor his probably face just so tripped. ugly? He's so ugly. And, then, and he's not is cool. Is that like... He's not is that cool. Frodo standing next to him? Yes. And he looks like a chubby baby? I told you, he's <laughs> half as tall as everybody else. Terrible. Like, just terrible. Let's just, let's just, let's just, no, no. This is, Legolas this is looks like he's wearing a dress. Yeah, I'm. I'm okay. I'm gonna send you. I'm gonna send send you guys a picture of pantsless Boromir because he also doesn't wear pants. Mm-hmm. This oh is wow! <laughs> this looks like you're, it looks like you're sending us stills from a 1970s animated porn. Yeah, it's so bad. Oh man! Wow, and their feet look like the Hobbit feet look like stumps. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm gonna try to get that image out of my head. <laughs> And I'm gonna go listener, watch the extended edition, uh, Lord of the Rings on Blu-ray because I need to feel good. About, yeah, I need to. I need to feel good about this property. Again. Yeah, I so, think. Yeah. I think I'm gonna go um, bleach my eyes with some Moon Knight, <laughs> and then maybe watch like to- Two Towers or something. Nice. Good choice. Good choice. <laughs> <laughs> and listener, you know, you know what to do if you're this far. You know what to do. Instagram, Twitter, whatever. Don't forget to be kind and rewind.